Pod Chef. Pod Chef. Pod Chef. Pod Chef. You're listening to Pod Chef. When I say pod, y'all say chef. Pod Chef. You listening to Pod Chef. It's a podcast about Top Chef. And that's a broadcast. It's on TV. And you can watch it. They got 19 seasons. That's a lot, kid. But you can skip those. We do recaps about the whole show. Not the food, though. But the other stuff. Yeah. You're now listening to Pod Chef, the only official podcast about the TV show Top Chef, with your hosts, Jamal, Brian, and Reeves. And I only said their first names because I don't know everyone's last name, and I'm trying to be polite. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to Pod Chef, the one and only official Top Chef podcast, the the only official rewatch Top Chef podcast. If you hear anyone else say that they have a Top Chef rewatch podcast, they've stolen the idea. They're trying to make it their own. They're they're taking our bits. If they and, say that, do us a favor and go through their catalog of episodes and see how many interviews they've done with contestants. Yeah. And if they have more than us, first of all, they don't. Yeah, um, and since they won't, um, ask yourself, which is the official Top Chef pod- podcast? Is it Pod Chef? Yeah, yeah, it probably is. It is. <laughs> and if some of you are like, well, I listen to this one podcast that definitely interviews more than you, and they have ad runs at the top, that's that's look we're in litigation with them right now to get their ads pulled and to get their guests um on our show to talk and, about uh, <laughs> and talk. another question is that show funny yeah <laughs> that's the real question you ask yourself am i laughing when i hear the show or am i just getting the am i just talking about top show am i just talking about the show gross i watched the show i know what happened um do, let me let me see do i need to talk about my daily routine because i live that too so no i don't <laughs> no so you want to hear jokes. So you come here for the and jokes. Maybe you don't want to hear jokes. Yeah. And then you leave us a bad review saying that we are honestly the worst Top Chef podcast. <laughs> but at least you left too. a review. That's at least fine you too. Left a review. And some of you who are Reeves fans are like, I don't hear Reeves That's, chiming yeah. in. I hear a lot and of Brian today. Yeah, I hear a lot of Brian <laughs> at the top of the show getting kind of upset that he's talking over my man Reeves. Reeves is not here, so Brian will be talking more this episode. Brian is now shifted into the he's, – he's wearing two hats, and I've been talking to him for a while about this because he wears one forward and one backwards. He looks ridiculous. I can't tell if he's coming or going. You said that I got the, if I can have it before I was 30, I can wear it backwards. Yes, and so <laughs> – he got it before he was 30, so you can wear it backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brian is the co-host, and he's his own co-host to the co-host this episode. Um, and he'll be helping with the fantastic guest we have. Yeah. Another Top Chef contestant guest. And wow. you know what? We've, we've stalled enough, because we're going to get into it, I feel. And so let me just introduce the guest. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Our guest is not only a chef, but also an accomplished artist who works in a variety of media. He was introduced to fine dining at a young age and immediately, I mean the 
instant he was introduced to fine dining, wanted to get into the kitchen. So he landed a job as a line cook at Chez Panisse, where he trained for two years under Alice Waters. He then moved up to the culinary ranks at multiple restaurants in St. Louis and Portland before heading to the Big Apple to work under Chef David Chang at Momo Vuco, folks. After that, he moved to Birmingham, Alabama and served as executive chef for Rodney Scott's Barbecue. Please welcome to the show. From season 18, Top Chef Portland, the nomad with no sugar added, Roscoe Hall. Roscoe Hall is here. Oh, yeah. Let me hit my, my sound machine. Penny the Butcher. <laughs> Roscoe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is pretty wild. I haven't done one of these in a very long time. Well, thank you for picking us. It's Marijuana is a great way to handle podcasts. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a theme with uh, when we get guests from the show. They're always like, nah, I'm fine. I'm high. Yes. Or I'm drunk. <laughs> and you know what? Me too. So let's, you know what? Yeah, we're all okay. there. Fuck we're it. all there. Um, and if everyone who's listening is not high or drunk, do us a favor. Stop the pause. Stop. Yes. Stop listening. Go yeah. do that. Go get some medical grade stuff and sear some tuna, sear some tuna (laughs) and slowly dip it into your mouth like Mm -hmm. it's sliding off of a leather recliner chair. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then gobble it up. Take two puffs. Press play again. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. First of all, look at your hands. Yeah. Oh my God! Can you believe the look at the they they can move independently. They move, and I'm not thinking about it. They just There's move. Two of them. My brain two without these? doing it. Wait, I. And they're identical. <laughs> One of these feels stronger than the other. <laughs> this Roscoe. is a podcast about Top Chef. Yes. Roscoe, thank you so much for being here. Um, this is a this is a big one for us. Well, again, for me personally, because you were on my team when I drafted contestants for Top Chef for my fantasy league. You were on my team, and I had yeah. high hopes. I, I was like, this is a new season. You know, they're they're in the bubble. My in man, bubble. Roscoe, or as I refer to you immediately, because mm-hmm. I felt a kinship, I called you Sco. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. No, I, I said, really do. That's like some real shit. Like, only homies say that. Yeah. I said, Sco's going to go. That was my mantra for you. <laughs> Sco's going to go. It was too soon. I think I said it too many times because it happened very quickly. Yeah. I was like, Sko's gone. Sko's gone. So we didn't really get to know you, but you gave us, you know, gems of stuff. Where I was like, man, I hope he goes farther in the show so I can hear about, you know, being a pit master and stuff. So mm-hmm. tell us about your coming up in the culinary world. Culinary world coming up. I came up in the 90s in the culinary world. There was no... There was no options of Top Chef or TV shows unless you were Jamie Oliver mm-hmm. um, or Emerald. Yeah, we had mm-hmm. Emerald. Yes. Yes. I swear there was a channel. Oh, there was like a PBS show. And I thought Padma, there was like this hot Indian lady who would teach you about spices and couscous. <laughs> and she was on before Naked Chef. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought it was Padma, but I don't think she's ever had a cooking show. That's not Gaida, is it? Is that her name? Uh, no, no, Giada, no. she's Giada. Giada. I mean, yeah. When you thing. met Padma, did you go, "Hey, you, you did that show where you were doing the spices?" And she was like, "That's <laughs> not me." And you're like, "Oh I, shit!" <laughs> when I saw Padma, I literally, I immediately just fucking put my head down. I was like, "God damn it! What the fuck am I here?" This is funny. <laughs> then I saw Gail, and I was like, 
Wow, that makes two of us. That makes two of us. <laughs> there are Gale people and there are Padma people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love an exotic lady. Like, I'm a huge Sade fan, but Gale, girl, girl. <laughs> you want to go to prom? Yeah. <laughs> even, even if Gail says, someone already asked me, I'm going, so I still feel like I won. Yeah. She didn't say no. <laughs> she said someone else. She already said yes to someone else. So technically, I didn't get a no. I didn't Jamal asked ask if, if she, she can loves, save a dance for him. Yeah. He loves me. I ran into her once in a hotel elevator. Not like that. Like, I was, we're at the James Beard Awards and I was going downstairs to smoke and she, got on like third floor and I was like oh, hi mm-hmm. and Rodney like nudged me and was like man ask her ask her say something say something <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway I started cooking in 1995 uh it was like a punk rock thing like if you were a skater or a punk like most chefs pulled you off the street if you applied for like a simple job and you would learn a trade. Like if it wasn't washing dishes, you learn how to saute or fucking pastry or something. And then I realized I could travel with it. So once I got in college in San Diego, um, I studied photography. I was a photographer for Transworld Skateboarding Magazine for a while. Um, but I learned, I stayed constantly cooking in all kinds of restaurants. And then the chef I worked for in Birmingham, he wants, I think he helped Alice Waters open shape Panisse. so he got me a job but i had to like write a letter and send it and then give her the return address my mom's return address and my mom had to call me to let me know i had the job in mm-hmm. order to work there i was homeless for like a year i slept a buddy of mine was a bouncer at this punk rock club called gilman street and it was where rancid and op ivy and like no effects and all these bands like it was like their mecca and there was an abandoned house next door and me and a bunch of dudes used to sleep uh, in an abandoned house. And I would pay a thousand bucks a month to park my car in Marin County. I would go there to get clothes and kind of like slept myself out and sleep with women and shit so I could take a shower. But mm-hmm. I never told anyone at Shape Panisa I worked there. It just costs a lot of fucking money to live in yeah. San Francisco. Um, but once I got enough money, I was like, screw this. It's insane. <laughs> I went to St. Louis. Uh, and opened a brewery at some dudes and then got into grad school at Savannah, Georgia, uh, College of Art and Design, and then bounced around to Baltimore and helped a buddy open a Filipino restaurant. Then I went to Portland and crushed like six years of pop-ups. That was before pop-ups got too big. It was right before Obama was elected. There wasn't that many black people in Portland, so it was kind of an easy thing, especially mm-hmm. one. They treated us like fucking royalty. Yeah, I feel like Don Cheadle. <laughs> yeah. Can we can we just take a second and remember remember how nice people were as soon as Obama got elected? Oh my god. Ah, oh, there was like a moment there of like this could this could have been the entire time we've it been. It was here. amazing. I feel like yeah. a butterfinger. Like yeah. it was like the first time people were on the butterfinger. Oh, you're right, Roscoe. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, girl, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Obama. <laughs> I was walking down the street and white women were tapping me on the shoulder, like, have a good day. And I was like, this is magical. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, for what? For what? <laughs> yeah, what, what what did I do? I didn't I didn't but thank you. But okay. I, I for one had a not great eight years. <laughs> <laughs> 
And finally, they were like, man, get the fuck out of here. Who are you? Yeah. yeah. Brian suffered. I got a piece of my I was like, yeah, right. Yep. I earned this. Yeah. yeah Brian suffered. <laughs> it was tough. I was like, what about me? They're like, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> no more of you. Yeah. yeah. No more. And Brian was saying, what about me? Before a lot of the what about ism stuff started popping up. So. <laughs> The fucking whataboutisms, man. I swear. As bitter as an old like punk rocker I am, all this shit's not new. So it's very interesting to see like how you're supposed to all of a sudden like jump on to like, oh yeah, you're right. And like, no, I knew this shit wasn't right. Like you fuck what's what's like the best thing that's going on right now, and I hate to be like completely naive. Like I love all these strands of like government marijuana. Like I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of traveling to states that have legal marijuana because it's so good. Like, it takes the pressure off so much shit. It's made mm-hmm. my world a little bit easier. And I live in Alabama. Yeah. That's not a cool place. <laughs> it's a little someone bit cooler know, with some green. Someone I know isn't, is Stephen's wife is from Alabama, right? Jamal? Yes, I believe so. She, at her, at some event, she got very drunk and she tried to convince my wife I had moved to Alabama. She's like, no, it's not so bad. Um, she's white, of course. So, like, she's probably it's doing not, great. She's it's doing not, great. I mean, Birmingham's great because they've gone through all the shit, so mm-hmm. they know how to live amongst each other. Like, it's not. I get more racist. It's more of a classist system. Like, I live in an all-white neighborhood, married to a white lady. Kids are mixed. They're like the only ones in fucking school. Often they'll get it mixed up, and like, there's another interracial family there. And they'll bring me his kids, and I'll be like, hey, bro, you want to switch wives tonight? <laughs> you can't yell that too loud now. <laughs> but it's like, it's easy to fluctuate around. You just give up a lot of freedom when it comes to work. Like, there's no options for a career. Like, me moving back here from New York uh, after working at Momofuku and, like, the Bernadette and shit, I gave up everything, man. Like, it was only like a few restaurants. You got to spend money to play here. Like, I'm not really, I help, I'm more of a guy. I'm a cook's cook. Like, people hired me to help them sustain and make money. Um, but I recently just stepped out of the kitchen like six weeks ago. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm doing private dinners. Like, that's kind of the vibe. After Top Chef, like, I let so many people down. And in Birmingham, when it aired, they had like these fucking, I mean, it's Alabama. They have these fucking like massive parties at breweries and shit. Like, go Roscoe, go Roscoe, go Roscoe. And me and my wife just went to New Orleans and hid, thinking no one would see me there. Everyone fucking did. Couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So it was like six months of I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one thought about it for a while and now since it's like the holidays and the years pass people are like you're on top chef will you do my party will you do my party will you do my party, will you do my party? <laughs> and i usually say yes because i can charge more mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that makes sense all right we're, we're gonna come back to this uh but you said you stepped out of the kitchen so we we're gonna come back to that but there's someone mm-hmm. else who stepped out of the kitchen and this is has to do with tom colicchio who mm-hmm. I mean, we all know wow, that he's preparing now. What a professional. He's preparing now to go to, to Top Chef London. They're filming that now. But oh, before man. he went there, mm-hmm. he spent some time in um, what he calls London Part 2, which is just the Australian outback. <laughs> and so Tom sends us some clips or some some uh, readings from his journal that he kept while he was there. Reeves, our, our my co-host who's not here, was also there with him for the first like two weeks, but he couldn't stand being there with him, so he left. <laughs> 
But um, I have a little uh, segment from his journal I'd like to read, if that's okay, Roscoe. Oh, yeah, please do. I would, yeah, I'd love to hear it too. Yeah. Okay, so this one is called, and the first line is called My Last Day. So this must <laughs> oh, it's be last him. day. Yeah, this must yeah. be him coming out. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. It says, I found a phone charger today. It was in this store attached to what seemed to be fueling stations for cars. Okay, he's in a gas station. <laughs> He's forgotten the amenities <laughs> he's, of the world. Yeah, he's like, he's, what is yeah, all this? Yeah, he doesn't know. He's, he's been walking about too long. I bought what's called a Go phone because I threw my iPhone in the ocean did. a long time ago. <laughs> it was great to be connected to the world again. The first thing I did was listen to my favorite podcast, Pack Your Knives. <laughs> <laughs> their, their last episode was with Buddha Lowe, the champion of season 19 Houston. I kept calling him Buddha High after he won, <laughs> but also in general after seeing him. It got confusing. The podcast that podcast is so good. <laughs> they even have sponsors and Keenan Thompson doing ad reads. What? I then listened to my pet project podcast, Pod Jeff. <laughs> there is, and I mean this. No discernible drop-off in the quality of content between the yeah, two podcasts. Yeah, baby. I mean, sure, you can say the production value of Pack Your Knives leaves nothing to be desired, but that's what I like about Pod Chef. It feels like an NYU student who's rushing to a film class edited the show in between subway stops. Real gritty stuff. It's punk rock podcast, baby. Yeah, it's punk, punk rock, rock. podcast, yes. He says, I would love to see a crossover between the three best friends and Kevin Arnovitz and Tom Haberstroh from Pack Your Knives. Interesting. I noticed the hosts of Pack Your Knives state their full names on their Spotify page and the Pod Chef boys don't. I mean, I get why Reeves wouldn't. He's as private as his private parts. The other two... <laughs> This is his. The other I know, it's all, you know, I'm saying what to Tom. I don't know what's yeah. going on. The other two should release their last names. Siri, set reminder to email Jamal and Brian from the Pod Chef podcast about Top <laughs> Chef. And then he writes what Siri said. Siri responded, Sorry, I did not find that. Did you mean Pack Your Knives podcast about Top Chef? I've been standing at this fueling station too long. I need to hail a car and get to the airport. Time to return to London. And finish the new season strong. Okay, so that's it. That's wow. That's his wow. travel journal. That's great. Yeah, that was his last day. So I guess he was at a gas station, you know, getting his phone and charger, and then heading to the airport at some point in time after he listened to Pack Your Knives. Apparently, yeah, Pack Your Knives. Yeah, don't even. Don't even. Did you do it. Pack Your Knives? No, 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 no. I, they talked about me in one episode, and that was it. Okay, I've good. only done like maybe. Maybe two, like one local and then one that was like a punk rock chef thing. Like, oh, Mr. Punk Rock Chef. That so was I, our that was our opener before. Yeah, I had, a, I had a bunch of punk rock questions to ask yeah. you, but I guess I won't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> Roscoe, Brian, Brian is very sensitive about that. I was. Well, like, so the, it's like a, first of all, that was a very, very well written travel journal by Tom, oh, I have to make yeah. sure that I give credit where credit is due. Fantastic. I don't know Tom listened to Pack Your Knives. Neither did I. I just found this out myself. <laughs> I wouldn't. Kind of upset. 
No, aren't they both NBA writers? That's why I want to get to know them so I can get to NBA okay. games with them. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of they uh, on their Spotify page and says that they apply the same analytical NBA analysis to okay. Pod Chef. No, no, I'm do done. Nope, I'm done. I don't care uh, anymore. That's fucking come on. <laughs> I mean, do we need that? No, I mean, the show I, is I, fine. The show yeah, is good. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Analytical analytics. <laughs> Do I need to hear you talk to Budalo about where he ranked in the all-time points of <laughs> Top Chef winners? No, I don't. It's not, well, that's not what I talk about if I was interviewing Buddha. I'd say, hey, did Tom really call you Buddha? Because <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Buddha high. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Those blue eyes, you know. Tom Kulikia's blue eyes. Like, you can't resist those puppies. And they cut into you. There's just something about him, too. Mm -hmm. God. He's stellar, dude. That was the best experience of Top Chef was getting to hang out with him. I mean, we hung out a lot because that was the first one to go home. He, we know a lot of the same cooks. Uh, and he's like, I mean, he's like a father figure, but he's also like an older brother. And you can tell he killed people, so it felt like you were protected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he has that, that hitman look to him. Isn't that the hitman? <laughs> and the girls love him. Sasha and Tom, I swear to God. <laughs> well, yeah, she, yeah. You didn't talk to Sasha. She's awesome. Um, we haven't. T- we we tried to talk to Sasha. We'll, oh. we'll see if we can circle back and get Sasha. Yeah, she's, yeah, uh, yeah. We our whole season is full of um, uh, great American chefs uh, who have a vision. Chris is one of the best. Abishar is one of the best. Like they're all fucking. They're, I love everyone from that season, but. The work, the work, the work that certain chefs are putting out right now is fucking genuine. You can see them developing what chefs strive to be, which is like a professional these days when it comes to being brown in the kitchen. And you can see them using their avenues like in the right fucking way, like using Top Chef to get you more of a platform of education through cuisine and not so just like you gotta be in the kitchen sweating your dick off mm-hmm. like they're actually using it man they're teaching like their culture and where they come from but, but I know who they are like they're silly motherfuckers behind the scene but they're actually playing the game and it's really cool to see like how they dribble the ball and like fucking crush it that was a shout out that was an analytics yep. sports mm-hmm. analytics what if that's all they did what if that's what they did like like they were like all right so let's pick your top your starting five top chef this is your starting five who are you taking who's taking you all the way who's getting you the chip at the end of the year and everyone's like you can't take voltaggio brother (laughs) well you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) you don't take virgin blaze yeah you you take like shoda you take shoda Just the scary. I'm taking. I'm taking Hung because he's gonna play dirty. He's gonna like. Yeah. He's gonna do whatever he can to win. Hung was the best one to me. I mean, he, there's a lot of great people. Hung was the shit. That's the only reason I really got into that show, man. Mm-hmm. Watching Hung get down those chickens like 15 years ago. Man, I mean, culinary boner. Remember that yeah. guy? Yeah. That? yeah, yeah. I use that. I used it at the show. <laughs> I have a culinary boner. <laughs> was that Spike? Possibly. May have been Spike. Spike, Spike, Spike is ducking us. Yeah, we've we asked have, Spike to come on the show multiple we, times. We have He's a friend who's friends us. with Spike, and Spike's ducking us. Ah. Oh. 
Come on the show, coward. Um, <laughs> he's gonna beat me up. I um I am taking boxing classes, so let's do it. Uh, okay. Well, I have a question. If you don't have, please. One. No. Yeah. So, the first episode. I know there's a lot going on in that first episode you're recording, mm-hmm. but you're an artist. So my question was when Richard Blaze came in with his hair on display like an art installation. What what was your what was going through your head when you saw that? I I I've seen him. We've met a few times because when I moved here, he was rocking uh, this hamburger joint called Flip Burger, and I go to his restaurants in Atlanta. He's doing all molecular shit and. We've met because we have a lot of chef buddies, and but the hair wasn't like that. And now that I'm ready to move to San Diego, I, I live in San Diego. It's like, well, people don't really dress like that in San Diego. Maybe things nope. have changed. Um, but immediately when he walks out, Maria starts cracking up, and then they had to redo it of him walking back. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> well, how could you blame her? Like I, think, I started cracking up when I saw it. Look at that hair. And then they had to yeah. redo it again. Yeah. <laughs> Be real. How many times did you guys ever do that scene that he walked out and he was like, guys, come on, stop it. I'm, I'm a professional. I think it was three times because Padma kept talking and Tom was like, come on, guys, let's get it together. Yeah. <laughs> but Gregory was there, too. And I I just was on the phone with Gregory like the night before. And I didn't know he was going to be there. He was like, you got this, bro. Like, come on, bro. And I'm like, fuck you. And then I see him. I'm like, oh, the fuck. <laughs> you you could have told me something. What was the most uh like challenging thing that you had going through your head when you then as soon as they were like, All right, quick fire, let's go. Like what what was going through your mind and then <clears throat> I think about this all the time. For me, I was really fucking like tapped out from the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. tired and fucking confused. I hadn't been around my wife and kids, like just working. And then we're in Portland. I was looking out of the window of the hotel and watching fucking fires and Molotov cocktails and shit. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about like, damn, can I motherfucker get some weed? Like I was on some G shit. Like <laughs> I was thinking about food, but I cook all the fucking time. So I'm like, all right, so how do you play this game? Like we weren't allowed to talk the entire day. There was no food. No coffee, you couldn't smoke a ciggy. So I was just like what? eager. Yeah, I was just eager to wow. know what was going to happen next. Like you're just kind of waiting to be told. And then luckily I had Chris and Shoda, but the, you know, the ingredients of what you're supposed to ask for, like an ingredient you can't live without. Like, of course I said rice vinegar because I love it, but I didn't think you're going to fucking give it to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. Um, and we had like seaweed and fucking butter and rice vinegar i was just like let's just see what the fuck happens like this is weird but i didn't notice anyone around me except for uh abishar that was it like i gabriel pascuzzi was uh (laughs) very like hey hey tom hey tom hey tom (laughs) (laughs) that tracks i buy that i buy that that's perfect (laughs) But I was nervous, but luckily, like, I had a good crew, and we're all just kind of like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. And we all agreed, like, we don't know what the fuck we're going to do. Let's just see what happens. And it was the first to, like, see, I mean, you guys saw the setup of that kitchen. Like, it was so much distance. It was space a very everybody large out. kitchen, dude. Everyone when was you sweating. presented your disc, it was, like, 14 feet away yeah. from you. Like, sweaty, like, 
his right yeah. hand finger. <laughs> yeah. Hands on knees, being like, okay, this is what I made for you. Oh, God. Yeah. There's some water. It was weird, man. Uh, it was uh, like Sarah mentioned, they courted me as well. Um, Ooh. I didn't. I didn't. I would. I, I know my age. I know my worth. Um, I would never really like seek out to apply for that in my forties. But they reached out. I don't know how or why. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of blew it off. Like, yeah, this shit ain't gonna happen. They're like, oh, you know. And they called and be like, did you fill this out? Did you fill this? I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it when I can. I'll get to it when I can. <laughs> so I just filled out shit, and then all of a sudden, like, I get a phone call from like. Uh, Brooke on FaceTime with like all these other people. Like, you made it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Is this a joke? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, when do I leave? Oh, all right. It was like a chef camp that went wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a horror movie. Like, I mean, you saw a bunch of white people beating mm-hmm. up white people. That's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember sitting outside to, um, yeah, they had like helpers or whatever that would like take you places like once a day and they'd take you outside to smoke a cigarette or, you know, sneak something. Mm-hmm. And I remember hiding like I pulled up, I saw a bunch of motherfuckers wearing black hoodies and like with backpacks and they had all had masks on and shit. And I was like, fuck this. We got to get out of here. And then they walked by and they were a bunch of Black Lives Matter protesters. Like, they were like all there to help me. But <laughs> 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 I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> Touch up was weird, man. Yeah. It was really fucking weird. Um, I'm glad I did it, sort of. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I just need to get better cook. And I know everyone knows knows it and knew it, and it, it wasn't that big of a deal. But looking back at it, like it, every now and then, you'll think about it. Like I challenged myself. I'm a much better cook now because of that show. I think it was like a recognition thing. You know? Mm, I was like, oh, fuck. I got like hella skill, yo. I can do all kinds (laughs) of shit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get me a scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) Were you able to... You you mentioned that some of the like sneak you things. Were they able to get, you know ingredients that you might have wanted to partake in when you were off the show when you were sequestered just watching uh, tv in a hotel room you can get some booze never alcohol because they were scared we we're gonna fucking get depressed listen to metallica and like shoot that bitch down. <laughs> <laughs> so they got his beer and wine only stuff from oregon um so it was all disgusting and like overly see like flavored it was all cold food <laughs> It was sad, dude. Did anyone ever tell you guys what I did when I got kicked off by you? No. I got them to buy me a bunch of... First, I was the first one who went home, and it was like, you have to interview. I didn't get out. Like, I lost at noon, probably, and didn't get home till three in the morning, because I had Jeez. to interview and talk about, like, why I lost and shit like that, right? Jeez. So I get home, and the lady's like, what do you need? And I was like, six-pack of beer and a fucking burrito and, like, a whole pack of cigarettes right now. And, like, it took till six in the morning. I was watching Sex in the City, what? drinking and eating burritos and crying, basically, in my bed. When I got my shit together, I was like, can I get some watercolors and, like, a canvas and a bunch of, like, watercolor paper? And I just fucking painted and drew everything that bothered me. Like, I drew, like, a fake box of cereal called Lakshis. <laughs> Padma O's. 
Videos, <laughs> like uh, I drew out a challenge, and then they let me hang it all in the hallway uh, where oh. we were all stand. So whenever a new person came in, they wouldn't be hit with sadness because they saw this fucking hilarious shit about Top Chef, you know. Yeah. And then we all started doing Last Chest Kitchen. It was great. I tried to sneak some weed in. It didn't work. They caught it within like the first day. Really? Well, they probably smelt it, and you didn't put a towel down. So, (laughs) did you try putting it in? Did you you try putting it in coffee or peanut butter? Yeah, I didn't. I should have done the peanut butter trick. I needed. I have a peanut allergy. Okay. Yeah. I eat peanut butter every day. I love it. Every time I've traveled and I've taken coffee back from a place, it's like, oh, we're doing a random check, and I'm like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Yeah. You see coffee in my bag, and you think that I'm doing some. It's actually coffee. You're gonna feel stupid. Not me. Good coffee. Yeah. It's actually good coffee here in Chicago. So, you know, that's what that's what I'm doing. So. Yeah. You completely missed my shoe bag full of cocaine. So that's on you because you were focused on the coffee. Uh. Yeah, so we're going to come back to the painting because that's a good segue. But it's time now to do a segment we do every week called Chefs I Prepared for You. Mm-hmm. This is a segment where we talk about what we had for dinner last night and only last night. And we present it as if we're presenting it to the judges on Top Chef. And there will be a winner at the end. I will go first. <laughs> Chefs I Prepared for You. And I mean I took painstaking preparations for this a homemade perfectly cooked pepperoni pizza oh i got home and i went through my fridge and i said oh before this sauce goes i've been i've been making pizzas a lot recently homemade pizzas a lot and i said before this sauce goes bad i better just use it up and so i made the dough and now i'm to the point where i can just do it without even looking at the recipe i got it locked in my brain Kneaded the dough, used the, the proofing uh, function on my uh, oven, let mm-hmm. it sit there for two hours. Just Ooh. just beautiful smells and fermentation. <laughs> just <laughs> popped up and just like a cloud pillow when I pulled it out. The yeast and coming I, alive, yeah, doing I, what it does. A, it's an I, organism. A brand new pizza crisper pan showed up in the mail, and I was like, you Ooh. must be used right away. And so... <laughs> I sprinkled down some cornmeal in the dough and I pre-baked the dough for five minutes in the oven and brought it out and put down my my garlic and my sauce and my cheese and my pepperoni. Then I let that bad boy go back in the oven. And this was a beautiful pepperoni pizza by the time it came out. Perfectly crisp. I brushed the crust with olive oil and salt. I mean, the flavors on this bad boy were just phenomenal. Come on, dude. I dubbed it the Roni boy. The Roni boy. The <laughs> Tender Roni boy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I made last night. Brian, you're up. It looks good. So we have, yeah. Paul sent me a picture. It looks good. I did notice that you used a knife to cut it. Do you not have a pizza cutter? Here's why I'm using the knife and not pizza cutter. Because the pizza size, I'm always afraid that I'm going to mess up and like go over the edge and then hit something. Yeah, I get that. It's happened before. And <laughs> and I knock over I everything off yeah, your counter. Yeah, I've, I've put it down and run it through and then not gauged how hard I'm pressing and it's just gone into And it. you're out the door. It takes yeah, you I'm out, out the, the door. door basically. <laughs> and then I'm like, the momentum's carrying me. And I'm yeah, like, oh, you're just great. <laughs> now I got to wait for this to come back around. <laughs> Thanks, Newton. <laughs> so, <laughs> so by the time I make a circle back around, I'm like, I do another cut and I'm back out the door. I'm like, I should have turned the pizza. 
takes days to eat this pizza. Yeah. Yeah. It took me all night to finish it. It was just because I was cutting slices. Okay. You know, great answer. Um, I, chefs, last night, I, I procured for you. I was at a wrestling event last night. Mm-hmm. I was at oh, AEW's nice. Rampage here in Newark, and uh, I, you know, I had to get food there. Uh, so what I pr- procured for you was uh, chicken tendies and French fries, and they were um, gross. They are really bad. Um, they did come with honey mustard, which like I love some bad honey mustard. the 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 cheaper the honey mustard, the more I'm into it. I want mm-hmm. the honey mustard to just taste like sugar. Um, yeah. no bite to it at all. Maybe a little bit of bite. I think. Well, no, some bite. I think the Chick Fil A honey mustard is solid. It's That's good. That's a good honey mustard, it's good. and it, yeah. it's got a, it's got a good bite to it. Yeah. Um. So overall, it's a real sad meal that cost me twenty seven dollars for chicken oh. tendies and fries, uh, a Pepsi because they didn't have Coke; they only had Pepsi, which mm, not for me. Ooh. And um, I said, "Do you have chain Pepsi?" And she was like, "No." I was like, "Well, what do you have?" And she said, "Diet Pepsi, Pepsi Zero, and Pepsi." Damn. I was like, just give me a Pepsi. And I bought my, my wife a bottle of water, and that's all we had, $27. So that's what I had. So I'm going to lose this round of chefs <laughs> I prepared for you. But you know what? I had fun. Well, I mean, you were technically, I guess this counts because you were at an event, so you had to eat the food there. So it was a yeah. catered event, technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fancy. <laughs> all right, Roscoe, what did you have? Oh, mine's a, mine's a three-part. You ready for this? Wow. Oh boy! It even involves oh boy. different restaurants. Uh, oh boy! In which I cooked my own. Uh, Friday night's pizza movie night with the family, with the kids. Um, so it's important. You gotta run your shit. Luckily, I've been running two pizza shops for the past two years. Um, Wood fired, black owned, which is fucking crazy. Really crazy job. Um, but whenever it's pizza movie night, I show up, show some love to the the guy running the oven. I slap out my own dough, make my kids an extra cheese, but I figured out how to stuff it while I work there. Wow. Stuff cheese, extra cheese sauce on top. Wow. And then I make my wife, uh, I think I did an herb oil with uh, Calabrian chilies, fresh mozz, and like diced uh, soppressata. Then went to my buddy's restaurant called Helen. That's a fine dining spot. Got some Brussels, threw it in his uh, wood fire oven. And also got some like chunky Benton's bacon. Threw that in a bowl with some of his rosemary oil, Calabrian chilies again. Brought that shit home. My wife's a food stylist. Um, so she makes food look pretty for like Food and Wine magazine and shit. Wow. She brought home, uh, she, there's this thing called the Big White Cake for Southern Living Magazine. It's like the hardest, most important thing ever. And she did it, but she brought home the Big White Cake. And boom, I mean, chefs, I present to you. Wow. I present to you two pizzas, a Brussels sprout salad, and a big white cake. <laughs> that is okay. So there's no point in us voting. <laughs> well, we have to, Jamal. We have to vote. Look, okay. democracy yeah, dies right. in the dark. Right. Okay, so we have okay. to like we have right. to do this right. Okay. Okay. So Roscoe, this is how this works. We all can vote, <laughs> but we are not allowed to vote for ourselves. Okay. <laughs> Um, the last couple times we've done this, it's been a stalemate. So, Senators have runoffs a few times. <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll see if we get democracy right this time. Okay, I'll go first. <clears throat> I'm going to vote for Roscoe. Okay. Sometimes I vote just to make the show hard and to mm-hmm. make the things like not go well, but yeah. I can't not vote for Roscoe. That was wild. Yeah. So I'm voting. I'm voting for Roscoe. And I mean, and this is a situation where I hate to say it. A black person vote doesn't really matter because it's already <laughs> the majority has already spoken, Roscoe. I mean, you can vote. You can go to the polling station if you'd like. 
but uh, <laughs> we're going to need to see your ID for, and your voter ID. And yeah, I need to make sure that your current your address, address. Yeah, I need to make sure your current address matches what I'm seeing on this ID. And then after you cast your vote, it won't matter because <laughs> the majority has already spoken. That's uh, so over. Yeah, but, but you can vote still. I would vote for Jamal because right. he's hooked. Yes. But yeah. I would vote for you because of the honey mustard focus. Oh, wow. So we're mm. splitting the vote. Honey mustard's very important, man. Like, you can make a real shitty one. Like, there's a lot of shitty honey mustards. Oh, Charlie's. You ever been there? I've never. I think I have. I think uh, there might be one. My roommate worked at one in Richmond, Virginia when I went to school there, I think. Charlie, Richmond totally has fucking Oh, Charlie's. Yeah, yeah I definitely. Yeah. yeah. Great town. Has the best honey mustard out here. Oh, it does. Okay. The, yeah, it slaps. Slap. It slaps. I'll have to check that out. I do. All right. Of that. That is, I did want to bring up Richmond. I know that you said you're, we didn't, we, we put a pin in punk rock. I mm-hmm. look, I'll pretend that I like punk rock and I do, but I've always been a, I've always been a pop punk person. And I know a lot yeah, of well, people well, like, yeah. don't like fuck with that, but I'm, you know, a child of uh, the like late nineties, early two thousands. Well, I was, yeah. a child. I was like 18 then. So still, a child. Um, still a child. <laughs> so I'm like a big, like newfound glory movie life. Yeah. Like those are bands that I fucks with. So I never really got super into like, punk punk mm-hmm. um too soft for it but i was in a, a punk band in like high school and we would do like pennywise covers and things oh, like nice. that oh, yeah, um cool. so on. yeah i was gonna say like uh if, if you because i don't know did i know britney lived in richmond and she has tattoos so i assumed that she was into punk rock too but i don't she know is into punk rock yep. Britney's, okay. uh, she's a diamond in the rough man that girl's a fucking badass and uh, she I mean, she likes gore. She loves Missy. Um, like, Rich Richmond is lucky to have her, and she's Virginia to a T. She's like a female Sean Brock, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we went and visited her, it was mostly just like hip hop, you know. Okay. Yeah, but she's down. I mean, I always forget that tattoos don't mean that you are like a metal or like punk rock or like a biker or like dangerous. Not anymore. Anymore? Isn't that crazy? It it's not code. Like yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't mean so much anymore. But when I was like Richmond and tattoos, I was like, I kind of have like. There's not that yeah. many people unless you like are going to U of R, then mm-hmm. you might not be there. But if you're like downtown the fan or like VCU, you are like probably listening to punk rock. Yeah, because yeah, avails from there, uh, mm-hmm. wars from there, a bunch of great punk rockers there, and she knew like all of them. I met a lot of great punk rockers who were all in the fine dining, like they were all at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. that's like. That's like, well, like punk was like a big like cooking thing back it was. in the nineties when it was like together. Was that like that's when like Bourdain was doing his stuff too, right? He was yeah. a big punk rock guy and doing when sh- his shipping. book came out, I was like seventeen maybe, and it changed fucking the whole fucking game because we were all doing blow, all trying to have sex with milfs and like <laughs> trying to like get it going, and then listening to him and watching that book. It was like him and there was a black chef who had a book called Cooked, I believe. And he had been locked up for doing coke in the restaurants. And then when he got out from coke, got out from prison, he came back and started becoming like a real chef. I, I feel bad. I'm like kind of making fun of him. But like, it was a good book. My mom was like, you a chef, baby. You need to read this. It's about your time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was those two books. Because like, he was really in the social distortion as like a black dude. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, do I need to, like, is cooking just like the alternative black guy? Like, and there was no black people back then. Like one thing cool about Top Chef is 
I have met more African-American chefs than we all talk to each other. Like Eric, Kwame. Like I met them before the show, but like it's a little bit tighter because it's a small market, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're always playing that game. Like that's one of the main reasons I don't say fucking yes chef to anybody. (laughs) Because after like doing that and you work with some like fucking quasi neo-Nazis and like bigger cities who are fucking dicks. Like you hear me, boy. And you're like, fuck you. You're done. Like you're going to get fired. So you always be like, yeah, chef. Mm-hmm. You feel like Denzel watched him with that one tear and glory. <laughs> You're on the line, just like oh, mm, mm, that belt don't hurt. <laughs> Not the glory tear. That was a powerful tear. Oh, that was a strong fucking tear. I do that, that shit was, every night, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was the tear all black men don't want to shed. Oh fuck no! Yeah. If it comes out, woo. Yeah, glory. <laughs> shit. Never seen it. Um, so <laughs> I, I think knew I, it. I've I seen knew it. it. I've seen it. I don't know if I have seen it. My wife has seen it, and then she's referenced it to me before. Um, <laughs> uh, what 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 bands are you still rocking with? The bands that you did like when you were eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Are you are there any like newer bands that you're into now? Oh man, listen to this. I listen. I can't live without music. I got lost because punk was like high school and like it was still going. We had propaganda and all that shit. Subhumans and like a bunch of whack that stuff. But I'm a Chicago kid, so we also had like really good fucking rock and roll. Like, you know, real good shit. Like pavement. I was a pavement person. Okay. Um, and that's all the kind of stuff I listen to, like what I consider dad rock. It's like a lot of metal. I love house music because I'm from Chicago, so I listen to a shit ton of house. Which is weird that house music is kind of popular again, like mainstream. <laughs> Thank you, Beyonce and Drake, for doing that. <laughs> I really needed your fucking support. <laughs> but like, I had, I was a Rasta from like I had dreads from like age eleven to age thirty two. So I spend. I used to be a DJ. I spend uh, reggae and punk rock like every city I've lived in, San Francisco. Like I have a massive punk and reggae collection, but. I mean, you just listen to fucking reggae like 24-7, especially since I become a dad. It's just like, that shit calms you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listen to a lot of trap. I mean, I listen to a lot of hip hop because majority of the people I fuck with in restaurants, especially down here, like you're not getting the kind of cooks that you would get like where my other people. That's the thing about going on that show. Like I was working with a bunch of fucking felons at Rodney's and like teaching them how to become like. The real deal. I wasn't hanging out with any fucking tweezers for real. Like, <laughs> I, I knew my shit, but I was also running fucking like one of the hardest things to cook on a regular 3 a.m. till fucking like 9 p.m., like five, yeah. six days a week. But I was dealing with like thugs, like, don't bring your gun to school, man. Fuck you. You know, like shit like that. Yeah. So when I show up there, I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> I'm going home. Oh, you want to do some real shit, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> All over so, like I'm surrounded by that. You know what I mean? Like I'm in Birmingham, like major city, but you're surrounded by thugs. Like, like my cousin works for TI in Atlanta. Like, you know, we go to the trap museum and hang out with tons of like Gucci man shit. Like I can fluctuate through that, but still be into the punk thing. But I'm definitely more than ever in my life. I've actually been embraced in like, blackness since i've moved back to the southeast like it's thick. has that influenced your art oh yeah man it's 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 influenced it in a major way because as i come home my wife's white 
So I'm like constantly confused. You know, white people hate like white people. So that's confusing as fuck. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I don't want to be on the same side. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? I'll yeah. do it. Tell me what to do. I'll do it. I'm like, well, people aren't that bad just to piss you <laughs> <it> off. <laughs> but it's influenced it because now I'm more like my grandpa, the grandfather started a barbecue restaurant in the 50s called Dreamland Barbecue in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It was burned down by the Klan. He rebuilt it because he was a brick mason. And it's been open. Like, it's still fucking open. We moved from Chicago, so my mom could, like, franchise it. And she opened, like, eight more. But as of recently, I've moved back here. My mom's going through some, like, crazy mental health. I've been back here for probably 11 years. And she sold the business, like, as of recently. So I've been, like dealing with that through my art and like trying to look deeper about what was going on in like the eighties, like during Johnny Gill era and like, you know, watching like people smoke crack and shit. And like, I've been dealing with that in my art. So more blackness is coming out through my art and the chef world has no idea that I'm really a painter. And so when they see it, cause chef world, they all think I'm like just some like black white kid, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I've been there. World, I, I know exactly what you mean. Some black white kid. <laughs> you couldn't sum up my life better. I've always been that guy. Like, yeah, I've always been that guy. Like, I mean, I've seen fish. I don't even like fucking fish, but I, <laughs> like, I did it for drugs. But I saw fish and Dave Matthews in high school at least like seven fucking times. And I hate both of them. Yep. Yeah. I've never oh seen either of those bands, so that's a, you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to Mumford and Sons, but so. I have Ooh. been to a Wale concert. So yeah. you know, yeah. And and Brian showed up and said, "Can you turn it down? <laughs> a little loud." No, I had a great time. It was fantastic, and I saw Childish Gambino with a full band in, in oh, DC shit. also before he like started doing like full like like rap when he was like fully doing like bands. It was great. It was so good. How about that? Was sick. Yeah, Wale had a full band too, and J Cole opened for him. It was just him and a laptop. That's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Kanye when it was West. real, man. So Kanye West at the Verizon Center, oh, which shit. was a wild name. show. We can't say his name, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I saw that guy. Um, shit. Okay. Nope. You know what? But I've also been, I listened to Pop Okay, look, Pop they're coming for me because you Cosby know. West. That's how you just throw it at. Cosby West. <laughs> R. Cosby West. <laughs> I have a question about your no farting painting that I was looking at on yes. your uh, Scott Miller Project page. Mm -hmm. Is that inspired by your time at rodney scott's barbecue joint because when i looked at that painting i was like that looks like someone who's tired from that's, making uh, barbecue it was man that's my actual that's my grandfather uh the guy who started dreamland barbecue okay wow. and he's famous for some odd reason he got a he got one of his artist buddies to write a sign over the bathroom that says no farting so like <laughs> at every dreamland there's like a neon sign somewhere that says no farting that's very funny <laughs> I would definitely be a person to take a picture of that. That painting is crazy. It lives at this uh, dude's house um, in Canada, I think. But he showed me a picture of it finally. Yeah, it's been, yeah, that shit's been kind of weird. I'm trying to merge the food and painting thing, but I can't do it without being cheesy. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask you because, like, they have those like wine, wine and paint like situations. Yeah. Is there like a cool way to do that? Where I don't you can think there is no. I'm working on a series, um, like a cookbook series, where I'm taking, like, my friends' recipes, like that, like all of us have had like a great recipe for a restaurant that failed, 
but like it was banging before it failed you know what i mean and call it the bad deal but i've gotten a bunch of chefs uh send me these recipes and i'll burn them on a screen and i do printmaking prints of them and i'm gonna make this little like kind of like a mailing list like newsletter to get money up to compile a whole book called a bad deal that's all my friends like failing recipes but do art like with it that's the only way i can think of like how to combine it without being cheese like super cheesy <laughs> and i sell a lot of paintings to chefs for their restaurants um and that's cool but they don't really give me a shout out on instagram you bitches <laughs> they don't they don't tag you <laughs> uh, don't you hate that <laughs> hey man, thanks for the painting. Love it. Yeah. Do you, do you want to? How much do you love it? Put it on. Like, you want to like you know, tell people who gave it to you? <laughs> Treat me like a side piece, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're playing like a zine, sort of. Is that like kind of what it's going to be to like make money at first? Yes, make money first, and then piece together the book. I have right now. I have like all my favorite like African American chefs, mostly like Philly, DC based. Um, and then a few people in the Southeast and I like all my homies from, uh, top chef, like Sasha, Brittany, Abishar, Chris, of course, Nelson, Nelson's the fucking man. Um, none from anybody else though. I mean, I've fucked with everybody from my season. I really do. But like, I was the old guy on that show. I mean, Don was older than me, but like, I didn't have anything to offer those dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like if they fuck with me, they fuck with me. But like, I was on a different, like, I don't know. I was on a different playing game. I was the only one. Me and Gabe both had kids. Like, I don't know. I knew him because he rocked one of my homies' restaurants in Atlanta. But none of them really. Uh, I don't think they fuck with me for real. Like, I was on a whole nother level. I got drunk at a reunion setup we had in Seattle, and it was at the time when um, what's this dude, man, Eduardo Jordan. Uh, in Seattle, the black chef got in trouble for fucking touching all these kids, all these girls' booties and shit. And like, didn't even deny. He just came out and said what the fuck he did. And the city of Seattle, like, kind of fucking, as they should, like, kicked his fucking ass. And like, I was pissed about it because like I looked up to this dude. Like, he's a black chef. There's not a lot of them. He was on fucking Mind of a Chef or whatever the fuck with David Chang. And I got pissed. And while I was in Seattle. I got drunk and let people know how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I may have dropped the N-word a couple of times, and a lot of Top Chef guys from my season don't really talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, this is good. This is good. So I, I experience this sometimes. I don't drop the N-bomb, but mm-hmm. when I do, it creates craters. Yeah. So is it they're like, oh, if Roscoe gets drunk, he, he might drop the N-bomb? Or is it like... We don't know if we feel comfortable in this collection of friends speaking this freely. Yeah, I I think it's both. Because I will call, like, I got drunk at another event. Mm, This happens a lot. And called. (laughs) Noticing uh, a pattern. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I called, like, someone who's not black the N word. And I kept saying it because to me, it was like a Chappelle moment. It was like really Uh that I was doing it. Uh I knew it was like very effective. Uh Roscoe, damn. I apologize, but I just think, I don't know, man. It's either like I'm a chef, but I'm like a fucking, like, I'm an old cat, man. These kids, they got like a different outlook on the whole game. Like, I fuck with people who are just cooks on a regular. My homies are chefs, and like, I spend, I'll spend up to three grand on a fucking meal at any point. I love food as much as I love anything, but like, 
I don't know. We just don't speak the same language anymore, man. It's a different vibe. I've been kind of jaded from it, you know? Yeah. I don't have a culinary boner about fucking going to Spain and jerking off on an anchovy. Yeah. <laughs> it's we still did. it's still there. It's just got soft spots. Yes. We, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like wild to hear that, that that's been your experience. And it's because from the outside watching Top Chef, it see it has like because we're going back and watching old season and it has mm-hmm. like at least seems to have gotten better in that like we're watching season six now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ron gets sent home, uh-huh. and it's like Ron's a great cook, but Ron doesn't do fancy French. And back then, they didn't care. It was yeah. like you do fancy French shit or you go home. And Ron gets home because Ron didn't know how to deconstruct something. Yeah, and like, and it's like, who the fuck cares? Like Ron could cook the shit out of like yeah. his style of food. It seems like now, at least they, let they are a little that. better at that. They are. They are. I just fucked up. I choked completely because I was like, I was coming off of Rodney's. And we cook like hella meat, bro. Like I can cook fucking, like I can cook a fucking duck. I was just like, I just choked. I didn't know what I was doing. He had to buy from an app. I just felt the city was on fire. I just choked. I was like, God damn. Even after I lost, before I lost, Tom was like, man, you really like, what the fuck were you thinking, Roscoe? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, how, on the top 10, on a scale of 10, or one to 10, how, was that the worst dish you ever made? I was like, fucking 15. Worst dish I've ever made in my fucking life. Well, my man was like, Roscoe, what the fuck, bro? And Gregory was like, dude, what happened? <laughs> did, it and you're like, t- did it actively taste bad or was it bad? Because like, oh, it was just, we are it all chefs. Bad. It was just fucking a mess, man. And Sarah, I wish she, I was hoping she'd talk about it. She was sitting next to me that day because it was a long day before judges' table, and she was fucking flipping out, dude. Like her eyes looked like she was seeing Salvador Dali or something. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> and we couldn't talk, so I'd just be like, "Girl, you all right?" And she was like, <laughs> "So I felt the vibe, and I was like, I'm going home. You calm the fuck down. I'm going." Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Roscoe." I'm like, man, fuck that. I remember when I left, they cut it out. Um, they cut out a lot of really Did you say the N word when you left? When I left, I they were like, Well, Roscoe, you lost. And I was like, Yeah, I'd rather not talk about it on camera. And they're just like, What? I was like, real nigga shit. Like, I don't want to talk about it. And then when I all left, Kiki, Chris, and Nelson all screamed Black Lives Matter and like threw up the fist and everyone clapped and they cut that shit out. It was going to wow. be oh. And wow. now that technically counts as last chance edition. Yes. <laughs> we would have never known that they cut out a great, that would have been a great shot. That's a yeah. great yeah. moment. And they cut it out for time, which means they left in some piece of shit b-roll that yeah. wasn't necessary for they the show they filmed us walking underneath the black lives matter sign didn't use that either as our introduction shot like <sighs> coming in on the train <laughs> one of the main shots was like the the like the painted street too right i think yeah. that was the member seeing that mm-hmm. they painted over that eventually people are crazy. basically all i did was hang out i got to hang out for like six weeks like as everyone le- lost i would be like yo what up dog and they'd be like oh, <laughs> We just party and order food and fucking. You kind of had that vibe last chance kitchen when you showed up. Oh hell yeah, dude! Last chance kitchen was awesome. That shit was great. Me and Sasha fucking wow man, hanging out with Tom and just cooking your ass off because that's the kind of cooking I really like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, let's fucking go, and it was a good time. He liked all the food. Sasha and everyone got to see that I actually could cook. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a good fucking time until Pascuzzi showed up. Yeah, shout out to Gabriel Pascuzzi if you ever listen to this. You're going to bitch. 
It's like did Gabe show up and he was like, "Hey Tom, hey Tom, can you check this? Can you just, can you check this, Tom? You know I worked for you, right? You remember I worked for you? I worked for you. I worked for you. <laughs> He's still like that. I think I call him the N word. <laughs> I love. It. I do this be, to my white friends sometimes. It makes careful. them so uncomfortable. You gotta be careful because if you do it too much, then they'll say it back, and they're like, "No, I can yeah. say it now." Dude, I had I went recently down here. I'm doing this project of fried chicken. I'm consulting on a fried chicken restaurant in Montgomery, Alabama for the Legacy Museum, which is a very sad museum. Picture this, all these white people travel far to like go see what they did to black people and then they try and go out to eat. Yeah. Like just pure <laughs> sadness. So they're yeah. like, Hey Roscoe, you're on top of Chef. Can you make this fun? I'm like, Yeah, I'll make fried chicken. It'll be fun. <laughs> but I went to the snake I went to this punk rock festival. And I ended up meeting all these fucking kids who uh, snake, they, they're snake handlers. Like they come from like snake handling families. What? Wow. They told me all these fucking, dude, it's fucking trippy as fuck out here. But I, the guy called me, he was like, man, I don't really have that many black friends. I was like, oh God, here we go. Here we go. And he was like, man, it's a scary sentence. I did have, man, you, you know, I could say stuff around them because they were my dogs, man. Like, you're a cool motherfucker, man. You're a cool nigga, man. And I was like, oh, oh no. And I was like outnumbered. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. you are too. All right. That, that's the thing that black people will do. If you're white and you say the N word, we will take a quick survey of the land and be like, can I take how many people are here? I, I, I think I could take these people. You so I can get angry. It's never really happened. I've never experienced too much racism in kitchens over the years. Like, not a lot. Like, at Sambar, I mean, everyone was fucking from everywhere. And that was chill. Shape and East, like, no one talked at all. <laughs> that's gotta be a that's gotta be a weird experience to go to work for hours and no one's really speaking. Yeah, it's clean, man. I had one job at a Michelin restaurant. Um, I guess Sunbar had a Michelin, but like it was quiet as fuck. They had like earbuds on, like headphones, wow. and they would tell you to fire a dish. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Should I, I remember I got busted smoking weed or they smelled weed in my locker at um Sambar. And like the director called me in the office, like Roscoe, come on now. And I was like, "What the fuck? Are y'all tripping? Like it's fucking weed, dude. Like I'm yeah. not high at work. Like what the fuck, bro? Like y'all smoke weed? Come on, Mister Chang. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are mad about the weed. I saw you guys doing lines of coke. Like, you're, you're, you're busting me for the weed. Like come on, weed and the N word will scare any. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, Bravo hasn't called me for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Before before we wrap up, I had to ask you about the pizza. So you switched, and now you're doing uh, some pizza restaurants. Yeah, I, I, I came back. I left Rodney's over some like weird management shit, and I was just tired. Like we, they were about to open like eight stores, and that shit's really hard to train people consistency. But he's still my boy. We talk all the time. Um, I'm in his cookbook. I wrote like half his cookbook, which is great. He's a homie. He opened up my eyes to a lot. But then my buddy. John Hall, we both do private dinners and the dinners in the city, but he worked at Gramercy Tavern while I was at Sambar. And when I left uh, Sambar to go to Baltimore, he worked at Momofuku as well. And he's from Birmingham. So when I moved back, we ended up linking up at a pop-up I did, and he owns pizza shops. So when I came back from Top Chef, he was just like, how about you handle this shit? I just met this girl. I'm going to try and fuck around with her. 
and like see where it's gonna go. And you run my pizza shop, so I was like, all right. And then you can't hire anybody. It's like the worst time ever to own a fucking restaurant. So mm. I was like, bro, this is horrible. Like I got, like, yeah. So I was like, I'm out, nigga. And <laughs> <laughs> so six weeks, ago, I had a show, I had an art show planned in Connecticut during the Armory Art Fair in New York. So I went to New York, I had the show, ended up getting a piece in um, the permanent collection with fucking Whitney. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, like shit's changing completely with the art. I got four shows in January. Like I'm actually, the art thing's actually working out. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know. I don't know. The Top Chef maybe had a lot to do with that, like the transition, possibly. Maybe more people just finding out that you do art because of it. But chef, like the art world doesn't care about my chef shit, which is fucking weird to me because you think they'd be down with that. Yeah. Don't you like food? Yeah. Like what the fuck's going on with that? And then the chef. Making like, good food is art. Like we told and the chef here, he was like, what have you been doing? Are you out in the kitchen? I'm like, yeah. And I, I'm always scared to tell people that I'm painting for a living. I've always been that way because I feel like I'm Gavin from Bush or something. <laughs> 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 Just like fake. Um, <laughs> but. This guy was like, how's that going to supply for your family? I was like, little do you know, it fucking does. Like, it's fucking doing it now. How yeah. About yeah like, Good Lord. So, yeah, I stepped away from pizza, which pizza's the shit. Um, cooking wood fire. Pizza's the fucking shit. That's a great. I never knew. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you have to tell me. I've been making it for the last three weeks. Hell yeah, dude. Pizza's a blast. Do you have any like little tips for Jamal in, in your experience? Anything he could do to like Ooh. really take his game to the next level? I've got like, a pizza stone great. coming. I've got a pizza stone coming. You need to ferment your dough. Do an overnight. Um, do let your dough rest for overnight. I did twenty four hours uh-huh. uh, a week ago, but I should probably do it again now that I know the dough recipe better. Yeah, we did a seventy two hour ferment. Just let it sit where? Uh we'd we'd punch it down every day. You let it sit in a cool place, like covered. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flavor that comes out of that is insane. oh, that's how you get the flavor. Because I was I added a little bit more salt. Dude, I went to the fucking Las Vegas Pizza International Pizza Convention this year. Fucking lit! I if you want to <laughs> meet there, I will spend money to go to the fucking pizza festival with you because you meet. I mean, every chef in the world is there, and okay. there's this family called the Caputo family who Holy own crap. the oldest ancient grain. And they like show up and they make all the best pizzas and they have boxing jerseys and shit. I'm I'm gonna look. In. I didn't know there was a pizza expo. Of course, there's gonna be one. I there's one believe. on the East Coast. It's in Jersey. It happened recently because my favorite pizza right now is out of Jersey. This place it's in Jersey City called Raza. Dan Richer. Oh, right. I was all yeah. I, I saw that place on a list when I was looking at for places to go near here. It's fucking oh go check that out. He's a nice guy too. Really so nice. I'm gonna let my dough ferment for longer and it develops a flavor longer yep. better mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna do that next time i start doing a round of pizzas yeah. before we get out of here we have one last segment that's called add foam debone and send home which makes sense because we're about to end it so traditionally we asked the guests to pick of the three guests me reeves or brian add foam debone or send home but since it's just three of us we only have the three of us to pick from so Roscoe, of the three of us, who would you add foam to? Who would you debone? And who would you send home? And this means whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, they mean whatever you think it means. Debone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever that means to you. Whatever that means to you. I mean, it, it could mean so many things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could mean nothing. 
D-Bone, what was the first one? Phone? Add foam. Add foam. Oh, oh, oh. Is this sexual? <laughs> we did have a FMK called um, Fry, Marinate, and Cook. Whoa. <laughs> All right. This I think is, I, is, is it, uh, man, I wasn't ready for this one, man. D-Bone, <laughs> add foam. I'll D-Bone Brian. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll add foam to you. And I'll do the, what's the third one? Send home. Uh, I went home, so I'm not saying this. <laughs> You're going to send yourself home. All right. <laughs> so this is two uh, brown guests in a row who you have, have not explain. sent me home. You have to explain. Um, all the other guests have always sent me home. And I don't want to <laughs> say that that's a racial thing, but these niggas <laughs> keep sending me home. So uh, <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, well, we did have uh, Nelson on last week was our yeah. was our last guest. And he oh. he didn't send Jamal home. Yeah, so, yeah. But everyone else did. Dale yeah. sent him home. Yeah. Sarah yeah. sent him home. Harold yeah. Dudley. Everyone wants to send me home. I don't know why. They've had enough of me after an hour of being. Who do you think Dale wouldn't send you? Well, we 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 met up with Dale at his restaurant Goose Feather, and he was he 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 said, "Okay, now I'm sending you home because you've ate at my restaurant, so please go home." Um, No, Dale's a cool guy. Dale was yeah. Dale was very cool guy. Yeah, Roscoe. This was a great interview. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, look out for me on art world stuff <laughs> and I'm cooking still and shout out to season. What season was it on? 16, uh, 18, shout out to season 18, PDX fires, all that stuff. Um, I love everybody. All right. Check out Roscoe hall on Instagram. You can find his art and his food. Roscoe, Roscoe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank uh, you. Let's go. It's time to go. We're going to pack our knives. Thank you, Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. This is great, guys. You guys got something here. This is fun.